Hello and welcome back to Grizz and Steve's 90s Tuck Shop Time Machine. I'm Grizz. And I'm Steve. All right, so this is Series 3, Episode 1. We are now a trilogy, Steve, as you mentioned before. We are officially a trilogy. We are, we're like the Mighty Ducks. In my opinion, the greatest trilogy of all time. <laughs> we are now officially part of the night well we're not in the well we are in the, <laughs> the time we are a 90s Wait. trilogy i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say we are now officially part of the mighty ducks <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a dream turning to you and saying you are now part of the mighty ducks and you were <laughs> you were part of the mighty ducks. <laughs> but you've done nothing towards it <laughs> to be fair like the Mighty Ducks went on to be an incredible team, but District Five, their first team, they were pretty shit. I think we very easily could have been in that squad. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. We could we could yeah. have made the cut for them. Yeah, um, I'm not um, sure if we would have made it into the uh, Olympics team. No, I, and we definitely wouldn't have got a scholarship to Eden Hall. No, um, I don't reckon so. But. Um, and what we also are not going to do is talk about the Mighty Ducks in this episode. No, this episode. Not. Is actually we're going to focus on the hit movie starring Bill Murray and Annie McDowell, Groundhog Day. Indeed, yes. Today is Groundhog Day, and today is Groundhog Day. By the way, we're releasing today, this on the second of February. It is the second of February, officially Groundhog Day. It is Groundhog Day. So, Steve, I think we should yes. start by explaining what is Groundhog Day. Do you know? Do you know what? I rewatched the film yesterday. Yeah. And I'm quite confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what the film is. The film's about, you know, so he's a weatherman and he goes to every year he gets sent to uh, Pennsylvania. Mm. I keep trying to remember how to pronounce the place. How do you, is it it's Pan, Punk? Punk Satorni, isn't it? Punk Satorni, which I when you so. see written down is a brilliant word. It it's is. Just, the word won't stick in my head. But he goes to Punk Punks, look, it's already gone. Punks the story <laughs> um, in Pennsylvania to report on another year of the Groundhog Day where mm. they um, pull out the groundhog um, and he tells them whether there's going to be another six weeks left of winter yeah. um, or if spring's going to come early. Now, that's the bit I do get. What I don't get is this whole thing about him seeing a shadow and, and his eyes waking or something. Yeah, do you know what? I'm totally with you there because... He, they they mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah, they say something about if he sees a shadow, and one of them makes a That's joke. Uh, one of the one of the townsfolk makes a joke yeah. towards Bill Murray at one point when they find out that his name is Phil, which is the same as the groundhog, and yeah. he says something like, "Oh, watch out for your shadow" or something. Yeah, so there's yeah, yeah. there's something to do with a shadow, but when they actually pull the groundhog out, I don't. Mm. Yeah, I don't get it. But I, I've just googled it. Um, yeah. And it says, so Groundhog, Groundhog Day in North America, 2nd of February, when the groundhog is said to come out of its hole at the end of hibernation, if the animal mm. sees its shadow, i.e. if the weather is sunny, it goes back into its hole, which portends six weeks more of winter. Um, okay. So, so basically, if the weather is sunny. So you don't need yeah. a groundhog at all, do you? No. I was going to say, you don't need anyone. Like, they all turned up expecting the groundhog to say, oh, yeah, it's going to be 
It's oh yeah, yeah. it's a macho man work. groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Oh, imagine a wrestler called the Groundhog, <laughs> and his catchphrase is "It's Groundhog Day." <laughs> That'd be his finisher, Groundhog Day. Yeah, it'd be something like where we flip around and round and round and round and round, and, round, like, <laughs> and it never ends. It never ends. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly that. It's like if they see, so okay, so if he sees his shadow because it's sunny. But the thing is, everyone there is wrapped up because it's freezing cold in the snow. Yeah. They all know it's not sunny. Yeah. Well, it could be a sunny, wintry day. Oh, I it guess. could be. But they also but, could tell whether it's sunny or not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just look out your window. You don't need yeah. a groundhog. Uh, no. So but he pulls him out, doesn't he? He pulls, he pulls the groundhog out, whispers in his ear. Yeah. And then says, oh, no, sorry, guys. Uh, but winter's going to be here for another yeah, six weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't really understand that. If the, right, I'll tell you what. Um, if there's anyone from Punks Attorney listening to this, yep. <laughs> that is a real place, which I'm assuming, yep. um, then get in touch. Let us know what, you know, what exactly you're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah what say. the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> you're just wasting your lives, guys. Wasting, you're wasting the 2nd of February every year, which, by exactly. the way, is my mother's birthday. So I need to wish oh, wow. my mum... A happy birthday on Groundhog Day, yeah. Um, you should do the exact same birthday for her every year. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, do you know what? Beyond the... You say, what, what is Groundhog Day about? Beyond the, um, the actual event of Groundhog Day, the film then mm. goes on to, you know... Sorry if anyone hasn't seen this, um, so stop listening now. Yeah, um, and, and watch, watch it. it and then come and listen. Yeah, um, but Bill Murray, Bill Murray finds himself in this sort of time loop, doesn't he? You're right, exactly. So it's funny because Groundhog Day is—I don't know if it's something that's known all over America or just in Pennsylvania, mm. or you know, I mean, I suppose it is. Oh, it's definitely now. It's more. Well, no, but yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like prior to this film, I don't know if it was a big deal, if Groundhog Day yeah. was was a big deal. But um, you know, I mean, now it has become a phrase that is just yeah. it just means deja vu, doesn't it? Like, um, yeah. I think the a couple of people actually use the phrase deja vu in the film. I think Bill yeah, Murray says yeah. it at one point. He does. He says to his landlady, doesn't he? Like, do you do you do you ever get deja vu? She yeah. Says, no, but I can ask the kitchen. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's it's funny because what is this little sort of ritual in this little town yeah. in Pennsylvania has now? Yeah. I mean, you could say the 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 words Groundhog Day to anyone now, and yeah. without even having seen the film, they would know the meaning, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. They'll know that it means to just, you know, um, just basically. I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain it. Just yeah, like, like deja vu. <laughs> just something that's happened. They feel like something's happened before. Yeah, just repeating the same crap all, all over and over again. And generally, it's got a negative, uh, yeah, sort of feel to it, hasn't it? Oh, it's Groundhog Day. Like as if it's something it that's like tedious and. Yeah. And that, I guess, reflects the events of the film because Bill Murray sort of, you know, he, he obviously he's not happy about the fact that he's reliving this day over and over again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a grumpy weatherman. Mm. Um, he, he actually reminds me of his character one in Ghostbusters. Yes, um, yeah. 
He reminds me of of um, of Peter, but he also reminds me of his character in the film Scrooge. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to mention that as well. Yeah, uh, which is also we've mentioned this before on Christmas episodes. It's an absolute classic. Yeah. Um, I I I really enjoyed it. I I don't. I feel like it's a bit of a sketch, really. It's more of a sketch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was just me. Like it's a it's a nice idea. But I think that Harold Ramis and, and, and everyone that made it, I thought they did such a great job with it. Yes, um, absolutely. I don't think it's laugh out loud funny. No. Uh, like his other, some of his, some of Bill Murray's other films. But yeah. I do think it's a really good film. And it's very, very, um, it's, it's a very cosy film. I oh, like yeah. I found it really is. It feels, but maybe because it's winter and, it, and they're all stuck in this blizzard and everything. Yeah. But it just feels really cosy. And I really yes. enjoyed, you know, sitting there with a cup of tea watching it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. It's a comfort film for me. It is. Um, when I watch it, uh, you know, it's one of those films that, yeah, you put on, sit and have a cup of tea and yeah. just like sort of sit on, you know. Uh, and, and funnily enough, it's perfect for this time of year again because it is, it is it's cold, it's winter. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those films that you, yeah, stick the heat, you know, and have a, have a cup of tea and mm. sit and watch Groundhog Day. And it's an easy watch. It's a really um, easy one, yeah. Yeah, it's enjoyable, like you say. Yeah, it's not hysterical, but mm. then again, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not meant to be like. I think that's the that's the problem, isn't it? You sort of you think Bill Murray, you think yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. Yeah, but actually, there's so much heart in it. And Bill Murray, actually, when you watch Scrooge or even Ghostbusters, like you know, there is actually a lot of heart in a lot of the films that he does. Yeah, um, and there is in this film. It's funny the character. It's like I think what it is because it's like we put ourselves in that character sort of yes. shoes. Yeah, what would you know? What would I do if I knew there would be no consequences? Exactly. And then he does, and then that's what he does. Oh, I thought you were going he, somewhere with that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what he does um, when he when he like you know he's got he's on the dates with him. You just keep seeing like him just sort of just like he says one thing and they have like things that are not in common, and then all of a sudden you see it sort of like the scene sort of start again and he yeah. then says something that he knows that she wants to hear yes um, in order to impress her in order to be right for her yeah well that's it when i was saying like i don't think that it's supposed to be sort of laugh out loud funny yeah um i think that is because it's also supposed to get you thinking you know rather than just like a some sort of slapstick comedy film yeah. you know it's which it does kind of have those moments like yeah where he punches ned you know where um, yeah yeah where, <laughs> that, that you know that's funny um mm. but i think it is you know it, the intention is to get you thinking as well and get you thinking about yeah. what you would do if you were in this situation yeah yeah um yeah it's, it was lovely seeing um harold ramus in it like he had that, that, that yeah that, that little, little scene. cameo it was really lovely hearing his book do you know what? It, it, when you grow up with like Ghostbusters and you just hear his voice, I heard his voice before I saw him actually when I was watching it. But I was, I had my, for some reason, I was looking away from the screen and I heard his yeah. voice and it was just pure comfort. It was just like, yeah. like coming home. Yeah, he's um, got a very comforting voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, so do, do you like the film? Do you, do you enjoy the film? I love the I love this film. Yeah. Uh, like I said, yeah. it, is, it is a comfort film. And I have, it is a film that I have watched. A few times um i would say it's not a film that i 
deliberately watch over and over again if you know what i mean it's it's more of a sort of <laughs> <The> film <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's more of a sort of film that i would like if i'm flicking through and it's on i'll be like oh yeah i'll watch a bit of groundhog day like you know rather yeah. than like seeking it out and saying oh i really fancy watching groundhog day but saying that yeah. having watched it i just watched it today actually um yeah having watched it today i did think to myself I don't know why I don't watch this film more often because I do I do love it. It is very comforting. Yeah. And it's a great yeah, film. It is. Exactly what I thought. I thought, I don't know why I don't watch this more often. It really is. Because obviously you get those films that you watch at Christmas every year because it's Christmas. So you yeah, exactly. Scrooged every year. Or you might watch, you know, Ghostbusters once a year or something. Yeah. But this one, for some reason, you just don't really. Yeah. But again, the irony is that every year, in this film, they say, <laughs> "Yeah, um, there is an actual specific day. day to watch this film on." <laughs> yeah, exactly. We actually have a day to watch this film on. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. I, we, we, I, I don't either, to be honest. I, to be honest, I've not seen this apart from when I watched, just watched it like yesterday. Mm. I've not actually seen this film in years. Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know how long. I, yeah. admit, I, I actually forgot so much of it. Mm. Um, but it is really, really enjoyable comfort movie and so mm. i was reading up on like some of the trivia and stuff as well uh-huh. and like harold, harold ramus was saying how um bill murray like is, was it like he's possibly in this sort of this time loop for like 10 years or something yeah that's right yeah i mean that's quite a mind-blowing sort of christopher nolan-esque sort of fact isn't it really or, or kind of like bit of trivia it's like god like the thought that he was in this for 10 years it is and do you know what while i was watching the film i was thinking to myself like how because obviously it's mm. condensed in the film and yeah. i was thinking to myself how long does he have because mm. he he learns french you know he learns to play the piano and, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. you know he, he knows all about all of the townspeople and obviously you don't yeah, see yeah. all of that happening you don't see every yeah. french lesson he has yeah, or piano yeah, yeah. lesson he has you don't see him talking yeah, to every yeah. member of the of the town's people or, or everything. So I was sort of thinking to myself, like, yeah, how, how long is it in, in real time? Of real time. Yeah. I actually find it quite dark to be honest. When you think it about is, it, like that, yeah, it is years, it's actually quite dark. Um, and I also well, read that, that in the, in an earlier draft, um, when he wakes up or on, on the 3rd of February, um, he finds um, Rita, Andy McDowell's character. She's in her own time loop. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, wow. in the draft. That's oh, I didn't that, see that. Draft. Yeah, oh, it was. My. She was meant to be in her own time loop, which makes it. It does. It makes it sort of Blade Runner esque, doesn't it? It makes it real, really yeah. sort of sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's that's blowing my mind even more now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did remind me of because this is obviously this is. A trope you know this isn't the only time that this has been used um yeah it was i'm talking years and years and years ago now i saw um i can't remember if it was like a it was it was like tales of the unexpected or something like that yeah it was some it was some kind of i'm not saying it was tales of the unexpected but some program like that and mm. um there was a guy who was he, he checked into this hotel and he um you know every day he woke up and lived the same day and he couldn't not only was he living the same day but he couldn't get out of the hotel 
and yeah. um you know so if he went to the front door and opened the front door he if he mm. walked through the door he'd find himself back in his room you yeah, know yeah, he was yeah. just trapped in this loop and yeah that has always stuck for me stuck with me I, even mm. now i can I, even though i can't remember the the program the specific program it was on i can picture yeah. the the hotel i can picture the guy in his yeah, room waking yeah, yeah. up in his room and running downstairs to try and open the door and then just ended up yeah. back in his room you know yeah. so it's obviously this isn't the only time this groundhog day this film isn't the only time that this sort of like mm. i say sort of trope has been yeah uh, explored but it is um definitely the most famous yeah there there is another um series that i watched um a couple of years ago now um on mm. netflix called russian doll i don't know if you oh, did you see that yeah loved it absolutely right loved it. so again similar sort of story right she she keeps reliving the same day it's natasha leon isn't it or leon however you pronounce her name yeah 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 and uh she relives the the same day um but doesn't she she dies doesn't she yeah every, it's actually every day dark, yeah yeah yeah. She dies, yeah that's it she dies every day so every time she gets killed she goes back to the to, goes back to, to where she started yeah so actually i don't yeah. think it's exactly i think because it could be a stretch of time couldn't it, it could be a day or days yeah. or weeks that she lives for but when she dies then she goes back to the, where she started which was in a in a she's in like a bathroom isn't she um yeah, her, yeah, her yeah, mate's yeah. party or is it her party i can't remember that. i think but, it's her friend's party isn't it yeah i and think so yeah and then she meets well i don't want to give it away but she did well fuck it if you haven't seen it stop this podcast right now yeah um, it's fantastic she, isn't it it's really good i absolutely loved it and yeah she like meets someone else and he's going through the same thing yeah exactly which when you said about andy mcdowell that's what made me think about it when you said about she was yeah. living in her own time loop as well yeah. um i did hear that there did was I... going to be an, another series of it but i don't i don't know what mm. happened maybe the pandemic kiboshed it or something I don't yeah know. i loved it i really really loved it fantastic um, yeah if you haven't seen it watch it it's great yeah regarding andy mcdowell guess who was considered for that role for Andy McDowell, I don't know. Um, I did see somebody who was considered for Bill Murray's role, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, yeah. I, 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 no idea. Go for it. Tori Amos. Tori Amos. Oh my god! Yeah. I would have never. I would have never got that in uh, in a million years. I know. <laughs> I know. It's bonkers. I thought Andy McDowell was great in it. She was. She was the perfect mix of just. She was just bloody lovely, wasn't she? Like really, she, really lovely. She was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, she was very, yeah, she was great. She definitely added to the coziness and wholesomeness of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she brought a whole lot of warmth to it. Um, I thought she was great. And when you say someone else was considered for, um, for for Phil, moment, yeah, for, yeah. Who were you who were you thinking of? Uh, well, it? it was uh, apparently Tom Hanks. Yeah. Which yeah, apparently I, Harold Ramis, yeah, apparently Harold Ramis said that Tom Hanks is too nice. So, yeah. uh, and I, I can see that, you know, Bill Murray, I love Bill Murray, um, but he does have sort of more of an edge to him than Tom Hanks, I would say. You yeah, know, I oh, wish yeah, that, that character needs to have an edge, yeah. don't they? You, you've got the oh, wholesomeness okay. with Andy McDowell, like you were just talking about. Yeah um yeah. so you know you need to have somebody who's got a bit of an edge to him you couldn't have two andy mcdowell's you know what i mean which i think tom hanks yeah. 
is quite in a, in a similar vein, or certainly at the time he was anyway. Yeah, definitely. He would have been. You're right. It would have been too too sappy, too soppy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray's the perfect choice, wasn't he? He really was, and I can't imagine anyone no. playing that role but him. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of trivia about like behind the scenes, and like I, I heard years ago that like Howard Ramis and Bill Murray didn't talk for a very long time, and apparently it's because yeah. of this film. It was apparently this film because. So, yeah. Did you read? Did you read about it? I did read about this not recently though. It was quite a while ago. I can't even remember why I I, I came yeah. across this, but I came across this for something. I think it was some other episode we were doing actually, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway, go go ahead. Well, it was because he was going through divorce. Is that what you read? Is that what you read? Um, I, I don't remember. I read, that, that, mate. I read that Bill Murray was going through divorce whilst filming. And apparently he was really obsessing about the film. Um, and he was constantly like bothering Harold Ramis like, uh, like yeah. early hours of the morning. And eventually Ramis sort of sat him down with the writer and said, look, yeah. um, let's, let's iron out all these anxieties and everything. Um, but apparently that's why Bill Murray stopped talking to him for a while. Yeah, that does sound familiar now that you say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is sad to think, isn't it? Um, because, you you know, you don't like to... You think yeah. it, Everybody loves Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to think of them not being friends. But, no, exactly. Um, but, yeah, again, I suppose when you're working with someone like that, mm. you can understand where Harold Ramis came from if, if that is oh, the case. Massively. Yeah, massively, massively. You would. You need, the thing is, he was doing the right thing. He was sort of like staging some kind of intervention yeah. by by you know sort of like helping him in a way but obviously i love bill murray but he probably didn't see it that way did he no um, i wonder if um you know what was going on in his personal life helped the way he played the character because you know obviously yeah. in the film he's going through a big sort of existential crisis as well um, yeah so i wonder if that sort of you know, I don't know, I don't know if helped is the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brought it, yeah, he definitely brought something to the to the role, didn't it? It definitely brought brought something for it to the part. I think so. With, um, with Bill Murray. Um and I, do you know what surprised me actually? Andy McDowell's accent. Her accent? Yeah, turned I mean she it had like a real kind of it almost felt like a, almost like a southern bell, something you'd hear in like a, a Tennessee yeah. Williams thing. Like it wasn't really strong. Yeah. Um but but I read that she asked Howard Ramis if she could speak with her, her natural, normal accent, which is a North Carolina accent. Right. Um, but it did have like a southern kind of bell kind of little twang to it. And it was, I thought it was, re- again, it adds to her lovely warmth yeah. and charm on screen, I think. I can't say I really noticed that, to be honest. Yeah. I think yeah, because I-, I remember going, oh, yeah, that's a bit, um, I thought that's, that's not how I remember her in like four weddings. Yeah, I think I was more sort of focusing on, as you do, focusing on Bill Murray and, and his character, yeah. you know. So I was thinking yeah. more about, as we were saying, like, you know, what, what would you do if you were in his shoes and everything? And I'm, I'm thinking all about that, getting lost yeah. in, in sort of that and not focusing so much on on the other characters. Um, yeah. So let me ask then. Mm. What do you think would be your reaction? Would you would you be would you do what Phil did? Like you know all the different things that he did, or yeah, I think yeah. I mean if if there's nothing I could do about it, then I'd go okay. Then in which case I'm just gonna you've got to accept it exactly. Go out of a bang. I probably would do like a little bank robbery or something. Mm-hmm. 
getting myself amused. Um, <laughs> Little bank robbery. If I could remember the day before, which he, he can do, can't he? He can yeah. remember. I'd, you know, I'd spend the time, I don't know, doing all the things that I wanted to do, even though it, frustratingly it would be annoying because they probably wouldn't exist the next day. Yes. Like, imagine writing like a, a great album and the next day that album's gone. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, if there's nothing you could do, you go, right, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this, get to know everyone, learn some things that I wanted to learn. Um, yeah. And you'd probably have a bit of fun and be a bit manipulative and stuff, wouldn't you? You'd probably do yeah. some, some things. Um, but yeah, what about yourself? Well, that's it. I think I think they captured it perfectly. I think that the way they did, the way Bill Murray reacts to the situation is exactly how you would react. And I don't think there's any other way you could react to it because yeah. he first, he starts off by being obviously like scared and like what is going on and trying to... Yeah. fix it by going to the doctor going to the psychiatrist you know he, he tries to to fix it immediately and then after he realizes it's he can't fix it like that then yeah, yeah he starts to think well fuck it i might as well have some fun you know and he goes out he goes out with those guys and you know drives along the train tracks and yes. and uh does all you know a bunch of crazy stuff obviously he gets bored with that um and then he focuses on Andy McDowell and, you know, um, decides to try to learn about her and do the things that would impress her. And he goes through all of that. And I don't know for sure, because we never sort of get an answer. We never get a sort of, oh, so the moral of the story is, you know. Yeah. But I get the feeling that at one point he sort of felt like she was the key to him getting out of this, stuck in this loop. And then yeah. they have that amazing day, but he ruins it. And I think yeah. he realizes that, okay, that's not the key. And in the end, he just kind of accepts it and just, yeah, he, he becomes, you know, I, there's that scene um, where, without that party and he's playing the piano and then he gets off the yeah. piano and you know all those people come up and thank him for ha helping with the car thank him for helping the guy yeah. who was choking and and all stuff like that so you know yeah. he's become a good person but he yeah. became a good person by just sort of accepting his his fate rather than trying if you understand yeah. what i mean because he tried yeah. and that didn't work so in the end, he yeah. just sort of gave up. Well, that's the thing, like the whole trying thing. It's like, it's funny because it's so manipulative to sort of go in there and just try and be everything that they want. Like just yeah. not being yourself and just sort of like lying about who you are and what you know exactly. to impress. And whilst exactly. it's funny, when you're younger, you kind of watch that and find it really funny. You're like, oh yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. But I think in hindsight, you're like, well, it can only last so long because as you say, it goes all the way to the end of the day. And then he fucks up. She says, like, you know, it's the perfect day. It's been the greatest day or whatever. Yeah. And then he pushes it all too, too far and fucks exactly. it up. Exactly, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a bit, it is a bit of a Scrooge kind of tale, isn't it? It is, it? isn't like, it? Like, yeah. It really is. It's quite, I mean, it, it kind of like, it could just be like an extension of, of Scrooge. Yeah. Way. Like it's, you know, miserable man. Everyone knows he's a misery guts. You know, he's, yeah. the difference is he's not feared by people. Um, mm. And then, you know, he goes through, he sort of like learns about himself. Again, like mm. another sort of moral 
message really that you know it goes through something to to become a better person yeah that's it i mean he starts off this sort of selfish ego egocentric person yeah i think those two words are both used about him during the film at some yeah. point yeah yeah, and, yeah they are. and at the end of it he you know he's this like he's completely the opposite you know he's helping people and doing things you know not that are not just to to serve himself he's doing things to help other people and that's sort of what he learns from it i think the bit with the with the old man the the homeless guy um that is fantastic because yeah you know he 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 gives him a load of money. He takes him yeah. to a diner and gives him a load of food. And no matter what yeah. he does, the guy dies every time. And I think that yeah. is, is sort of this, this film in a microcosm. It's sort of like, mm. you, you can't cheat fate. You know, you've, no, you've got no matter what. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think the doctor says at one point, um, sometimes people just die, you know, and, yeah that is that is it it's like that's it you can't fix mm. it he's no matter no. what you do that guy was meant to die on on that day you know yeah it kind of is that isn't it it's kind of like what is meant to be will be so no matter what you try you can try every different tra- every different sort of tactic to try and avoid something yeah but if it's going to happen or it's meant to be it will be exactly yeah 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 you know they made it into a musical like i think it, I, think it, I can't remember what year it was it was in the within the last 10 years but it was turned into a musical um it was all. It was. It was on Broadway, but it came over here for a little bit as well. I think it was on at the Old Vic. No, I did not know that. I can't believe I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hang on. Let me have a quick Google. Um, I'm pretty sure it was at the Old Vic. Let me top. But it didn't last very long on Broadway. Okay. Um, let me have a quick look. Groundhog Day musical. Here we go. Um, oh bloody hell! It was the the lyrics. The music and lyrics were written by Tim Minchin. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Um, so Groundhog Day the musical written by Tim Minchin um, so oh it started in London and then went to Broadway right okay so it started at the old Vic in 2016 um, and then went to Broadway in 2017 right yeah oh so that's not Um, that long ago yeah no it wasn't Um, but yeah it did pretty it did pretty bloody well hmm Really yeah, I can't, mm. I can't, can't believe I, I didn't know about that. Um, no. I'm just looking something else up as well because in that scene that I mentioned where they're at the party and people are coming up to him and thanking him for various things, um, yeah. at one point that couple who get married come up to him and thank him for talking the girl around because she'd been having second thoughts and that, isn't it? And um, he gives them tickets, if you remember, to WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy, the guy says, "Oh my God, WrestleMania or something like that, right?" Yeah, and I yeah, thought, yeah. ah, so it's 1993, right? WrestleMania, 1993, WrestleMania was WrestleMania nine, and I've just wow. looked it up. I actually, I remember. I don't think I watched it at the time, but I've seen, I've seen WrestleMania nine, and yeah. um, it is a notoriously bad one. <laughs> it's, it's like one of the worst. <laughs> Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, and Giant Gonzalez was absolutely rubbish. And then there's the one there's is it was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart for the for the title for the WWF title, yeah. and Yokozuna wins by cheating, mm. of course. And then Bret Hart, uh, sorry, then Hulk Hogan comes out 
And then there's this whole thing where um, Hulk Hogan basically beats Yokozuna up and and wins the title back when it was a big thing about yeah, was yeah. it a real match or wasn't it? I, I'm not talking about... I'm, obviously, I'm talking about within WWF. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. it wasn't a real match, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it, it's like, it's looked back on as one of the worst WrestleManias. So those wow. those guys, um, yeah, they were all excited about their WrestleMania tickets. It was a shitty old uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> and it's one of the worst ones. But still, they got to go to WrestleMania. So. I'll tell you what, though. If you were going to be in a Groundhog Day scenario, the, yeah. year, 1990, the year 1993 oh, what a, a year. year. What a year. Yeah. Going round and round. So, I mean, if it was 2020, it'd be pretty shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe not the worst. <laughs> it's probably worse yeah, years yeah. in history. <laughs> If you were going round and round in circles in 1993, there would be so many amazing bands, oh. you know, that around and that you know making music. But also, you'd be, you know, you'd have, um, you wouldn't have had to to listen to some really shit stuff as well. True, true. But that is, yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a great sort of like dinner party question, isn't it? Like, yeah, if what you year? had to, if you had to, yeah, yeah, if you had to experience like a Groundhog Day scenario, what year would yeah. you choose? Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, nineteen ninety three would it definitely is. be up there for me. Yeah, it would. It's funny though. Can you think if it was nineteen ninety three, we're going round and round in circles. There are so many things that wouldn't happen. Things that you wouldn't ex- like, like Kurt Cobain wouldn't. wouldn't exactly. Happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't. There are some albums we wouldn't have heard or listened to. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But all of our grunge heroes would be alive. Exactly. Apart from Andy Woods, but the rest of them would be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, quite sad to think about, in a way. Yeah, what Um, a world to be in. What a world to live in. We we lived in that world. Uh, At one point, we did. At one point, we definitely did. It doesn't feel like it now, does it? (laughs) It's mad, isn't it? Like, not to get into that, but it's like, you know, you think like year 2000 or whatever, and you started listening to like really started getting into music and stuff. Like Kurt Cobain was only, he only passed away six years before. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading Kerrang! magazine and them announcing that Lane Stadium passed away. Yeah. 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 What was that? 2002? 2002. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. I mean, that feels yeah. like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to be stuck in a Groundhog Day time warp, it would be 1993. Yeah. 1993 wouldn't be a bad one to be stuck in, I think. Yeah. It wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't. I've been thinking about like what I would bring back. We normally play the game of what would you bring back. Yeah. From, um, and it's a really hard one to be honest. Like, what would you one. bring back from Groundhog Day? Like, apart from saying, "Oh, the Groundhog." Yeah, um, that's the obvious one. What yeah. would you bring back? <laughs> so I tried to think really outside the box on this one. Now, okay. Um, I think I would uh, go to and have a little chat with Ned. You know, Ned, who he meets on the street. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, you're going to bring I, back I, I, a 1993 insurance policy? Yeah. Say, like, <laughs> if we're, we're travelling like, back and forth on this time machine, we're going to need some insurance. And I don't think we've actually taken any out. So we've done three, three, three seasons of Squiz and Steve's 90s Tuck Shop time machine. We've travelled back and forth from the 90s. You know, we've been jumping. Yeah. And we, we've not taken out any insurance, any trouble. We've been travelling all through time without, yeah, without insurance. Or risk. So, you know, I think it's the smartest move to have a word with Ned and um, he's going to sort us out with some insurance. So that's what we're going to bring back. Absolute genius, mate. That is 
that that might be the best one we've ever had. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the thing is, it if we've been, you know, if we've got it in nineteen ninety three, it'd be worth so much money as well. <laughs> it would, and probably dirt cheap as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I reckon Nate, Ned will, you know, I mean, he, he was pretty happy at the end of the film. I reckon yeah. he'll uh, he'll sort us out. You know, he's in a good mood. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that we, is... could tra- we could we could travel with ease. Yeah, we can travel. We could be a, a, a lot more sort of uh, relaxed now. We, uh, not, we obviously were too relaxed before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're traveling with some pretty uh, pretty special stuff. But like, That's you know, true. Yeah, we need to get all that we, insured as well. We'll insure the whole time machine. Insure everything yeah. that we've brought back. Yeah. Um, obviously, travel insurance for ourselves in case we get sick in '93. Like you know, we might be in Seattle in '93. We're going to need some travel insurance. Yeah. So, yeah. True. True. I think yeah, no, I think that is not only genius but sensible as well. Yeah, I think I think if we had done this time machine like ten years ago, I definitely would have brought back probably I don't know Andy McDowell. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or some or I don't know some food from that diner or whatever. Yeah, but I think you know at, at thirty at, at the age that we are now. Yeah, um, we need to be smart. I think that is, I can't think of a smart thing to bring back. Um, I love the fact that this uh, little, you know, they're in Punxsutawney, but they're obviously um, the the sort of, the the little park that they go to or whatever, it's called Gobbler's Knob. I was going to say, what a fucking brilliant name. Gobbler's Gobbler's Knob. I mean, come on. I imagine started a band called Gobbler's Knob. That is a fucking brilliant <laughs> band name, and what a great reference! And anybody who gets that reference is, you know, automatically a legend yeah. as well. Can imagine you start a band called Gobbler's Knob. You perform every, you perform just once a year on the second of February. <laughs> oh my god, genius! That I, mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, if you were. If I if we were asked to make like a reboot of Groundhog Day, that's yeah. your story. It's, it's about a band that goes yeah. to play in Punk's story on the second of February. <laughs> the band are called Gobblers Knot. Yes. It's, a, yes. it's like a film within a film, and they get um like like Groundhog Day is just a film in this world. It's just yeah. a film. They're traveling to this place to play a gig. Do they think it'll be a, a good idea on the second of February? They rock oh up, God. they play this gig, and then and the gig goes terribly wrong. Right. And all of a sudden, they wake up the next day, and it's the second of February again. So they get another chance. Do they? Um, do they all know that it's happening? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I think they have to, don't they? Movie. Yeah. yeah or maybe just movies. one member of the band is like, yeah. you know, maybe maybe that one member of the band is experienced, yeah. and he, yeah. so maybe he's a bit of a douchebag, and he has to sort himself yeah. out. Yeah. And the great there thing is. Bill Murray, at the end of Groundhog Day, Bill Murray says to Andy McDowell, mm. um, let's live here or something like that. So Bill Murray is yeah. there. It, uh, we've got to have yeah. a little little cameo, little cameo Mate, for Bill Murray in there. I think we need to get this to Hollywood. I think <sighs> We need to spill to, <laughs> we'll speak to Bill Murray. We do. If, Bill, if you're listening, mate... Uh, <laughs> Um, just, 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 you know, you've got the email address. Get in contact. Um, we'll get you on the podcast if you fancy. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, bit of a uh, if you could. Yeah. And um, 
if Hollywood's interested in this version, we are now officially copywriting this. So if this movie yeah. comes out, it's been stolen. Um, <laughs> I, I actually want to, I want to see Wait, this. That is actually brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I really love Gobbler's that. Knob. Gobbler's knob. <laughs> what a great name for a band. Mr. Gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a knob, Mr. Gobbler. <laughs> If, if you're if you're not past a shadow, it's going to be winter for another six weeks. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, <laughs> my mate um, Chris, uh, if you're listening, love you, Chris. He's a, a gentleman from Texas who uh, I used to work with on the ships, and he was over here uh, one time. I think I went to meet the ship, which was in. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it was Portsmouth or Southampton. And we went out somewhere around there and we went to a pub mm. and had a drink. And, you know, Hobgoblin, the, the drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he saw that and misread it as Nobgoblin. It's <laughs> 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 just a great insult for somebody, isn't it? Yeah, Nobgoblin. <laughs> fucking Nobgoblin. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, well, to be fair, calling someone a goblin's knob is pretty, it's, it feels pretty. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's pretty bad as well, you, yeah. You knob gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Gobbler's knob. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely you brilliant. There you go. Um, so what do you think? Do you, do, you, do you like Phil, the character? Is he a good... I honestly thought you just said, because the signal kind of went slightly there. I thought you said, so what do you think? Do you like films? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you've had to, you've had best part of thirty six years to think about it. So, yeah, yeah. what do you reckon? Um, do you like do you know, like films? Ask me. Um, ask, ask, ask me another day. Uh, <laughs> um, ask me in another thirty six like years. Yeah, yeah, I do like Phil. I don't like him as much as I like him um, other characters. Okay. Um, because I don't, I think he is quite manipulative. Yeah, um, yeah. Then you know what he uses his time for. Yeah. Um, but then that's also the character of Phil. Okay. Um, yeah, true. I don't think he's massively likable. Whereas in Scrooge, I feel like he is likable. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. And you can see why he went the way he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Phil. You know, he starts off like we said, like this very selfish egocentric person he obviously thinks he's owed more than he than he has at the time you know he yeah. wants to get out of this uh little tv network that he's working for and work for one of the bigger networks and whatever so yeah. you know he's obviously got that sort of chip on his shoulder like oh i'm better than this place or i'm better than this station yeah. or whatever you know so yeah he definitely um but then again you know again you can sort of you could relate to that as well, you know. Yeah, you would be. Well, I think you can relate to it. it you know, yeah, you I think most right. people have probably felt like that at some point in their life, haven't yeah. they? Um, Definitely. Sort of yeah. stuck in in a sort of Groundhog Day loop where they, you know, in their yeah. jobs or whatever, and think, you know, I'm better than this. Yeah. Or I could do more with my life or whatever. And that's yeah. it. and he gets the opportunity to do that, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I think. I think it's yeah. So go, on, mate. No, I was just going to say, the film definitely gets you thinking about what you would Yeah, do. exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say as well. Is mm. you know, And I think it, it makes you think about the fact that what he does 
is, you know, at one point he says to himself, well, I'm stuck in this loop. I might as well use it to learn the things that I've always wanted to learn and do the things that I've always wanted to do. And I think part of the message of this film could be that that is pretty much how we should really live our lives is, is yeah. Because tomorrow isn't guaranteed, you know, to be all sort of philosophical and corny about it, but it's true, you know, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. So what we should be doing is kind of what Phil does where he says, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to learn French. I'm going to learn how to play an instrument. You know, these are all things that are probably pretty high on people's lists, but you put them off and you put them off and, and you don't do things and you, you should be doing it because you don't know. (laughs) This is a bit of a downer, but it's true. You don't know when you, when your time's up. So. Yeah, it's true. You're you're completely right. Yeah. You do. You should just, you know, in theory, I know we'll, life gets in the way sometimes but you mm. but you know it's a it has a very strong message actually mm. you know to actually just don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised like do it today if you can do it today like i think sometimes some people go down that mindset of you know every, treat every day like it's your last and then they just yeah. burn themselves out um but i think it's just about finding that sort of peace isn't it that that peace um with yourself to be like well, yeah you know today i'm gonna do this yeah, um, it's actually yeah. I think the film's actually a lot deeper than we kind of give it credit for, really. Yeah, um, and just you know that phrase that you say about finding peace. I mean, that is exactly yeah. what he does. I mean, by yeah. the end of that film, he's a very different person, yeah. and he has you know made peace with himself and made peace yeah. with well with the world. I think as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a re- it's a it's a really lovely film, and I think. You know, sit down. You can watch it anytime, but I think you know, sit down and grab a cup of tea, and just watch it. It's just a really lovely film to watch. Really easy, easy watch. It is, it is, it is, it is an. It can be, it can be whatever you make of it. Like you can just sit there yeah. and just watch it, and just sort of zone out and not really think yeah. about it. Or you can sit there and really think about everything that's yeah. happening in the film and think. Yeah you know, relate it to your own life or wonder what yeah. you would do if you're in that situation. Yeah. Like I say, uh, equally, yeah. you could just sit there and just watch it and enjoy it. You yeah. know, it's, it's, um, yeah. It can work either way. Um, yeah. One thing that I wanted to say, which I did find uh, very funny, was um, when he's sitting there in the diner eating all that food mm. and Andy mm. McDowell says um, something to him about um, somebody who's... Uh, in the like his years are rapidly advancing throwing caution to the wind or something like that yeah he says um my years are not advancing as fast as you might think (laughs) which i found really funny um and apparently in that diner all the clocks are stopped if you watch the clocks they don't yeah they don't change at all which is another nice nice little bit of trivia there yeah there's loads of nice little details in it i think watch the film and then go and read some trivia some really really lovely stuff yes yeah um and it's funny, isn't it? What I love is just a standalone film. It's just a very yeah. And I think a lot, of, a lot of '90s films did this. It was just like they like made a standalone film, not like now where they make a film so that they can make ten more. Yeah. It's just and I actually missed that the idea of just a film that just tells one story and that's it. Yeah, yeah, true, very true. And it's got it's, really nice. it's got a very '90s feel to it, hasn't it as well? Oh, right? it's, it's so '90s. I mean, it just really is at the beginning where you've got mm. that sort of um, there's a there's a the 
the scenes at the beginning where yeah that's what i was gonna say you got the scenes at the beginning where he's actually reading the weather reading the weather you know Mm. to predicting the weather whatever yeah and um and then when the yeah when the sort of when the music kicks in and the van is driving along the road and the the names are coming up of the cast and everything that was such a 90s way of uh it seems like every film in the 90s started like that didn't it with like a car driving along. (laughs) Yeah, anyone could have jumped out of that car. It could have been Mike Myers, (laughs) Bill Murray, anyone, Adam McDowell, Hugh Grant, anyone could have popped out of that car because every American um, 90s film started like that. It definitely seems it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, very, very Uh, 90s, yeah. I just wanted to say one more thing, which I thought was um, brilliant. Um, which is that when I finished watching this film, because I, I, I rented it on Amazon Prime, yeah. and um, when I finished, it, yeah. it said, um, you know, it's got that, that little bit at the bottom, and it says, start over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. You know what, it should be, that should be one of those films that if you rent it, you should be able to just be able to keep watching it and watching it and watching it. <laughs> yes, it should be the only film that you yeah, yeah that you're allowed to just yeah that's it. Once you've rented it, I was that's watching. It, it. I, found, I watched it on Amazon Prime as well, but beforehand I thought I thought I found like a free copy of it on Vimeo. What okay. someone has done is someone has made the whole has put the film together but backwards, but it's wow. not. It's like what he must. I'm trying to work out how he, they must have done it. They must have like cut each scene up and then put scene by scene because it's not backwards as in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, scene, yeah. But the scenes are backwards, so wow. you watch the film kind of backwards. Um, I want to watch that version. Yeah, that's interesting. And see if it's a completely. It was like a completely different story. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I might have it's to like, check that out. Yeah, it's like the ending is about the ending is a grumpy weatherman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not really sure how it's going to work, but I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, give it a watch. If you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've discussed in the show, please email us at tuckshoptimemachine at aol.com. You can follow us on Twitter at time underscore tuck, find us on Facebook at tuckshoptimemachine. Or check out our new website, Grizz and Steve's 90s Tuck Shop Time Machine.wordpress.com. And finally, a big shout out to Kevin McLeod, who provided all of our music. That's all for this episode. Tune in next time for some more 90s nostalgia. Party on, Grizz. Party on, Steve. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm getting somewhere now. This is going to be seamless, don't worry.